The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there in red bucket hat is Kyle Porter, who, KP, last time I saw you a couple days ago, you were wearing that hat. You were on a different continent. I'm just going to assume you haven't taken it off once since. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a great assumption. I did put on my neck pillow on the flight back, so I had to take it off for that. But uh, I went to the pool today with with all my kids, wore it there. Wore it through. I mean, it's the best purchase I've ever made for 10 pounds. My wife hates it. She thinks I look like an idiot, which is probably true, but it just feels so like summery. And it reminds me of one of the great trips of my life to Scotland. So I'm, I'm, I'm never going to take it off. It's going to be, it's, it might be the cover of normal sport too. It's just me in this bucket hat. <laughs> Every page is a new picture of you. In a uh, are you? Are you? You're, you're back home. You're settled in. You're. Uh, you're ready. To, did you? Have you gotten your clubs? I've seen like the just the outrage <laughs> around golf oh, clubs of international travel. I think the problem because I was talking. We were talking to uh, Webb Simpson. Lost his clubs. I, I think we talked about this in the preview. And I, I it I I think the problem was when you when you switch flights in Europe. So a lot of the people that lost their clubs, uh, changed flights through London and then got up to Scotland. I, the only flights that I ever switched were in the United States and everything was smooth. Everything was good. So, um, yeah, I was, I was glad I, I was listen to, so I was talking to my wife on two, I got home on Tuesday night. So like eight, my time, six year time. And, I was thinking. I was telling her I was. We were, I was getting ready for bed, and I was like, "How crazy is it that I woke up in Scotland and I'm going to sleep in Dallas, Texas?" And and she was saying she she said, "Think about telling like 97 percent of humans that have ever lived that that reality, and like just how insane it is." I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I think about travel all the time and and the way that we can like fly places and get anywhere in the world and it's just it's extraordinary but yeah the trip overall and i wrote about this for cbssports.com was just um i mean i'm far from the first to kind of fall in love with that part of the world but it was it was uh it was very moving in a deep way and not just the old course but that area of the like of Scotland of the country as well. And it was a, it was a very, one of my friends today was talking about how a lot of times in whatever industry you're in, it's so good to go to the source of everything, like where everything started. So you can go to Augusta national or Pebble beach or anywhere here in the United States, but everything's sort of a facsimile of that part of the world. Right. That doesn't mean those places aren't awesome. Augusta's awesome. Pebble's awesome. All these different places that we have. Marion's awesome. These places, Shinnecock. But there's still always going to be a facsimile of where it started. So I think to go to the source of everything was, you know, it's not paramount, but I think it really helps me understand kind of the sport and everything we're doing overall just a little bit better than I did before. I like that. I hadn't really considered. Obviously, I know that's the home of golf. They tell you that all the time, but you're right. It's not just limited to golf. Going to the place where X started is generally pretty interesting and pretty unique. Yeah, in any in any industry, right? Like if you study, um, if you're in movies or whatever, like going to like the 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 theater where Shakespeare did his, you know, like anything like that. I think. It just gives you a not only a greater appreciation, but a greater understanding 
and just a deeper sense of place and where things began. And I think that can all, it, it's, it's not life changing necessarily, but I think it's, it can only help us in the job that we're doing, which is trying to explain and talk about and sort of give our thoughts and ideas and opinions on, on the sport. Uh, Europe, not only the birthplace of golf, but also uh, in the midst of some Ryder Cup transitions. Talk about that in a second. Reminder quickly, we are indeed nominated for the best sports podcast. I believe we're the only golf podcast and we're going up against the big boys. So we need some help. Uh, Go use the code in or the link in the description. Uh, There's a QR code on the screen right now. If you're watching on YouTube, scan that bad boy. Get your vote in. You can go to podcastawards.com forward slash app forward slash sign up go down to the sports category and vote for us the first cut golf podcast uh that will certainly go a long way for us as we try to oust some of the the basketball guys and the football guys and all those guys that think they're so cool who aren't wearing bucket hats we're gonna try to take (laughs) them down with a little golf podcast thank you very much this might be my speed island hat by the way uh, well, it is good island attire. In fact, Benny Levine thinks the island uh, that it reminds him of the most is Gilligan's Island. I, I saw that. I, I, which is a, is a hilarious reference, but it made me think that this might be my Spieth Island, like mayor of Spieth Island hat. So it's perfect. <laughs> Henrik Stenson, uh, formerly of Ryder Cup captaincy, is headed to live golf. And of course, then Kyle has been subsequently stripped of said captaincy. Uh, he released a very long statement in which I will not read in full, but <laughs> the gist of it is uh, I made a financial decision. I understand the ramifications. It is unfortunate. I'll see you in Bedminster. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, coincidentally, I, I think this was actually the first time that um, I sort of am understanding where like people on the other side of, of things from where I've been on. I don't know why. I don't know why that sort of clicked into place for me with this one's in particular, but I think before I was just like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. And now I'm for what, again, for whatever reason, I'm sort of like, okay, I, I guess I understand. And I think, I think one of the, one of the arguments that people have made is, well, why would the DP world tour, which is formerly the European tour ban him from being the Ryder cup captain? And I think the answer to that, Rick, and I'm curious about your thoughts is, You've got an organization now that, and, and this is where I tweeted this out, but remember five years ago, it, it, it was like an inside baseball thing to, to joke about how people didn't understand any of the organizations that run any of the events, right? right. Nobody understood who runs the open. Nobody understood who runs the masters, the PGA, the Ryder cup, all these different things. And that was like kind of funny and whatever. It wasn't a big deal. Now it's a it's like a fundamental right. you have like you have to understand that to understand any of the points being made about any of this, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like not that funny anymore as we are like yelling into the abyss about all this stuff. Uh but the the reason that Henrik Sens is being banned from participating as the Ryder Cup captain is because live golf and I think maybe this has shifted a little bit since they've started. Like they're trying to end the European tour. They're trying to end the PGA tour. A lot of the talk last week, Rick was about how I think the, I think starting out, they sort of just wanted to be in golf. Like they were in F1, like they were in soccer. And because of maybe some of the, I don't know if you want to call it arrogance from the PGA tour and European tour and whoever, they kind of are offended now and are kind of pissed off about it. And, and so now they're in a position where it's like, no, all right, we're actually going to like take you all, take you guys down and we're going to become the de facto regular season place to play golf. And the, the, the reason the European tour can't let Henrik Stenson be the Ryder cup captain is because uh, they also like, like the, they also run the tour that live is trying to end. Right. Like you, you can't you can't allow those things to to sort of cross paths. And so they're just in a they're in a 
everybody's just in a crappy position. And it's, I don't know. People keep saying, well, they should all come together and talk. What, what the hell are they going to talk about? Like, what, like what, what is the, I mean, seriously, I, I want to ask you that. What, <clears throat> it, it, when you hear people say they should get together and talk, what does that even mean? Like, what does it look like for them to get together and talk and work things out? There's, I assume there's very little common ground because you're right. The, even, and you see this in other business entities as well, right? Seeding anything to a potential competitor is generally not something that you're that you're going to see often in business, let alone one um, that you know from from Liv's perspective, their competitor is more well established, has better players, has more events, has sponsors, has TV deals, et cetera, et cetera. And from the PGA Tours perspective, their competitor has all the money in the world and is capable of picking off some of the more popular names. Like neither, uh, like both of them are kind of in a crappy situation, and I there's very little common ground. Uh, there's there's very little, I, I believe, room for them to coexist. Or why would they? I why why would they be interested in in coexisting? And Liv has now turned into uh, and what I believe is they're doing a very good job of Kyle is like not an agent of chaos, but like the constant drip of the threat of Liv. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is why when they release a field and they release a field with three open spots, TBA and every, every time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like brilliant marketing. Right. And, and we lose our minds and say, well, it's probably Hideki and so-and-so <laughs> and this and that. And we've heard every rumor from every golfer. And then when you can, um, really anytime somebody wins an event moving forward, they're going to have to answer the question or especially a major championship. Like, are you going to live? Right. Because mm -hmm. the idea is if live could pick up cam Smith, the reigning open champion who just downed the face of the PGA tour, if live could grab the current Ryder cup captain from the European side, it, it just like, it allows them to just flex on you. It, it is like a brilliant, level of i don't even know the chaos is not the right word i don't believe it's chaos but like the threat that that they are constantly holding over the pga tour is for us exhausting and for them amazing yeah and and i think it's it's so important to them that there are not only six events left in the year that they can do that with that they can just sort of like take one more, take one more, take two more, but also who knows however many events before that cup that you're holding holds a, holds a, a tournament next April. Right. Right. I, I don't, I don't know what their schedule is going to be in 2023, but the, you've got six to what, nine, 10, or I, I don't, I don't know how many events before the 2023 masters to continue to, um, to add players. I, I mean, honestly, Rick, like I, <laughs> Is Live the second best tour in the world right now? Um, I think it, I think it is. Like I, I it, it, it's hard because like Rory and Rom and those guys, Colin Mark, how was part of the European tour? <laughs> I guess. Right. Kind of, I, I was I was trying to decide if the Corn Ferry tour is better, which I guess it's it's not. But I no no I um no I guess I guess it would have to be. Uh, I think it would have to be, yeah. Which so is it took, crazy. So it took like so it took um, two events. They've played two or three, two events and six rounds, six yeah. rounds. Yeah, right. That's wild, right? Yeah. That they've become the second best. And I and I think part of me is a little bit to to relate it back to the Ryder Cup stuff. Part of me is surprised that, and maybe they'll regret this. Part of me is a little surprised that the European tour did not sell itself to the, to, to live. Sell itself sounds like a, that's a weird way to phrase that, but part of me is surprised that live has not bought the European tour yet. Well, that's something we talked about, right? We talked about somebody, we talked about how the European tour was on the brink of extinction in 2020 and then could have positioned themselves in a bidding war between the PGA tour and live. And obviously we know how that would have ended if it was a bidding war. I, I'm, I'm quite surprised as well that that acquisition hasn't happened obviously for a lot, a lot. It is so, it would be so beneficial for live to 
have the European tour to to have the OWGR port, like it would it would be too easy. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think live feels just it's starting to feel more and maybe this is why I've sort of shifted on some of this a little bit. It's starting to feel like an inevitability. Like not even that they will exist, but they that they will thrive. And I think that you know, I think I've softened and maybe I'm just like parodying what Rory has said, but I, you know, I was talking, I think I said this on the podcast. I have a friend that lives in in Ethiopia and he's done some business in Saudi Arabia. And I was talking to him about all this. He, he's not into golf, doesn't follow any of it. And I was presenting the sports washing thing to him. And he was like, ah, man, I, I don't know. I, I, he's like, I don't know about that. I don't know if sports washing is part of their plan and maybe it is, but He's like, what well, is part of their plan is just a complete diversification of their public investment fund. And I think that I think my mind has been opened a little bit to the reality of how much money. And I think the Hideki piece is is part of this, how much money Liv could make if it nabs a Hideki and gets a bunch of sponsors from Japan. And I don't know if any of that will play out, but my mind is at least open to the to the fact that. No, this is like really could be a, a legitimate uh, money-making bonanza. And I think there's sadness in that for me because, it, and this is the kind of the heart of the issue for me, is, is, is this who we want stewarding the game, right? Is Greg Norman and all these people that, like, does... <laughs> So let's say Liv buys the European tour. Let's say that happens at some point. Do we want Greg Norman and everybody associated with Liv running the Ryder Cup? Is that like is that a good thing? You know, and and I I just that's the question. And maybe it is. Like may like I don't know these guys. I don't know what they're all about. Everything that they've done has said that it probably isn't a good thing, right? And I think that the stewardship of the game is just something that I come back to a lot is being, it sounds very like hoity-toity and stupid and whatever, but man, being at the open last week and, and, and seeing what 150 years of the open championship at St. Andrews actually looks like, it's like, man, I would, I would want that protected at any cost right into the future, because that is such a magnificent event and a monumental thing within our sport. And I just don't know if those are the people that I want, stewarding the game into the future the next event which is uh next week opposite of rocket mortgage is at bedminster uh where henrik stenson will make uh his first start along with charles howe the third and jason kokrak those were the three empty silhouettes on the field uh that were tba they have now been aid it's Stenson, <laughs> Charles Howe, and Jason Kokrak. What took Jason Kokrak so long? He was like the first guy in line a year well, ago. There, there's a couple guys that I'm like, how are you not on this tour, actually? <laughs> he's he's He was among them. The Charles Howe thing, how surprising is that? Okay, he to me is... Um, I, I don't I, just... It's very interesting because you hear like the guys who benefited from the tiger purse increases and the PGA tour system for the last 20 years. CH three is like a great example of a guy who was never really a superstar. Didn't win all that frequently made $45 million. Like he was a, he came out a big winner of the PGA tour, I think. And now he is going to, um, add I'm sure many zeros to to the career earnings and and to the bank account. I can't imagine what is what his guarantee is, but he to me is a very interesting case study where he's almost going to get the best, best of both worlds here. The best of both worlds in terms of PJ Tour for most of his career and then live on the back end. Right, and you could argue like um like there were a lot of guys who mit, who were superstars, but like did it too early for the PGA and like the purses weren't big enough yet. Right. And like they weren't able to make as much money as you thought they should, or they ran into tiger or they were injured a lot. Like to me, CH three squeezed the, the most money out of his skill set from benefiting from the PGA tour. And then is also now going to get the live stuff. Yeah. I think, 
I really struggle with the with the CH three thing because I know him not well, but decently. I don't I don't even know him decently. I I've interacted with him a lot on on tour, and I feel like we have a good rapport, a good relationship, and he's not. Uh, he's not Patrick Reed, right? He's not Pat Perez. Pat Perez is just a. I mean, it, he he. Pat Perez makes known publicly what he is. If you're, if you have your eyes open and your ears open, like you, you can tell who he is and what he's about. And Charles Howe is not, not like that. Um, at least not in all my interactions and, and dealings with him over the last nine years or whatever. And so that's one that I really struggle with of like, okay, does this mean that I have to start taking all of this stuff more seriously like what if what and it, Charles Howe is not Jordan Spieth and he's not Rory and he's not JT but it, it's a little bit of like a lesser version of I have a ton of respect for those guys in the same way that I have a ton of respect for Charles Howe and if those guys jumped like those top three that I mentioned then all of a sudden I have to like actually take this seriously and I feel a little bit of that with Howe which sounds weird because he's like 170th in the world and he's not a superstar or anything like that, but he's a serious person, unlike a lot of the people that are in this league. And so and maybe that's just brilliant again on Liv's part to get people that are actually serious about golf and about history and legacy and their careers and all that stuff that shift my mind and your mind and people that actually know like what's going on, all, all of our minds to take Liv more seriously. Um, but he's one that I... I've really grappled with about, okay, I, maybe I have to view all of this differently than I have been. That That's interesting. I was, cause I was kind of thinking about it. Like if you're Greg Norman and you're live, what's the selling point of Charles Howell the third? Because I think it's I, that, I think what I right. just said, I, and I, which, and, which is something I hadn't considered until you said it. Right. And not just from me and you, but also from other players that know Charles Howell's a serious person. Right. Mm. So other players will look at Pat Perez and be like, whatever, dude. Right. Mm. But they'll look at Charles Howe and be like, oh, I, that guy's taking his career seriously and he works extraordinarily hard. I mean, all those guys work hard, but he, he just he takes golf and everything about it very seriously. And so other players might look at that. And and I've got this written down as a note. It's like every additional player that they get that's either a star or is a serious person makes it easier for the next guy and the next mm-hmm. guy and the next guy. And that's why DJ was the perfect first person for this because he's not i mean it, it, he he was the mark like he was the perfect first person to go and then every person after that it gets easier and easier and easier and and i think that's sort of what we're uh in the in the middle of right now yeah and you need that constant trickle right to make it to make it easier because charles howe third 173rd ranked player in the world wouldn't be one of the first 500 names that popped up from a casual fan starting to name to name golfers, but you're right. Amongst his peers, uh, there might be a couple more a couple more selling points. I've got uh, two more things real quick. Is that okay? Please. Yeah, of course. Okay, one. People have made the accusation, I guess, if you want to call it, if at me, if NBC offered you more money, you would go over to them in a heartbeat, which is a fair thing to say. But I think what you're, what you're missing there is if NBC offered me, first of all, we can't say 200 million because I don't make a, right. A, 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 uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't make it. it, Yeah. Let's just say like five to, Right. Five to 10 times what you make. Right. But then also said, okay, but you probably can't cover any Ryder Cups in person. And there's a chance that you won't be able to go to any of the majors. You won't get to cover any of those. I, the, those experiences to me, Rick, and I'm in the media and nobody cares and whatever, but those experiences, I mean, you've been there. Mm-hmm. They are, you can't purchase what those experiences are. I was watching Sean Zock had a video from the 2018 Ryder Cup of the, remember the huge grandstand behind one 
and Rory's going out in singles against JT and all these 10,000 people or whatever it is are just chanting Rory's name. And you're like, holy cow, like that is, you can't, you can spend all the money in the world. You can't buy that. Right. And I just think that's a little bit of what people are missing. And to go along with that, um, Eddie Pepperell had this, this is my second thing. He had this tweet and I thought it was so, so good because it's <laughs> like, I've spent a million words trying to say this. And he said it in one tweet and I thought it was excellent. He said, I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but I'll say it anyway. Not everything a person does in life has to be about money. Mm. None of us will be here in a hundred years. Nobody will care about your wealth. You'll be remembered for what you achieved, believed and stood for. And it's like, yeah, man, like that's the, that's what I've been trying to say. Like, that's the deal right there. And I think that's what I get. So I got a tweet the other day that was like, why do you care so much about this? And I'm, I, <laughs> I think that's it. Like, that is why I care because just to be governed only by money is such a vapid way to live your life. And um, I don't know. Those are just like two other notes that I, I have. I, I think that the pe- – so, so I think um... – uh, there, there's obviously more than two sides of this, but I, I do think, okay, one side that, yeah, like the, the, the game of life that I play is money-based or the game of life that I play is something else based, not, not money-based. And I think that both sides can't believe the other side feels that way. Right. Like the people yeah. were like, Oh, yeah. you, Oh, you would turn like, how could you possibly turn down five times what you're making? Uh, or like, uh, why would you even ever consider taking that and giving up all of this other stuff? It's like there, there is such a disconnect because of the way that people experience their lives and have their own viewpoint and cannot fathom the other side of it. Which is sort of what has made this conversation interesting, right? Because it's not just about golf. It's about how do you view the world? Correct. I can't remember who somebody was saying that. I, it might have been Homa. There's uh, I don't this is not um this is not like a political take, but there's been a lot of research that people there are two types of voters uh, generally in America, uh, v- people that vote for their own personal needs or their own personal whatever's best for them personally or what is best for their community. Uh, and and they define community. It could be your family. It could be literally people that you live close mm-hmm. to. It could be the country as a whole, like whatever. And it, th- those are generally the two types of voters. And like both sides cannot possibly fathom the other side right there's been like a lot of research in that (laughs) that's not a that's not the worst definition of like what we're seeing here right Right. i mean it on a uh uh, chris solomon was saying this on the no line up podcast it makes sense why you would i mean there's a part of there's a part that makes sense of why you would trade 40 million dollars for the Ryder cup captaincy or whatever it is but then there's another faction of people that are like man i I actually really care about protecting the future of the game. And I've been thinking about, I, I've been thinking a lot about how all of this ends and I, I, I have no idea what that answer is. But the thing that I've been thinking about is something that <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this sentence on a podcast, but the thing I've been thinking about is something that Trump said the other day in a post on what's his social deal? Truth social or uh, uh, of course. Yes. Truth social. Is that, is that what it's called? I think so. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> like what what is, the, the truth. <laughs> truth social. What, what a normal sport moment this is. But uh, he said you like people who don't go to live right now are going to get nothing but a pat on the back from the PGA tour when eventually these these all these leagues merge together and i think he's like kind of right about that in a weird way that that's a scenario that's not unreasonable like that's not inconceivable that could happen over the next two three four five years i just am really struggling to understand what the end of all of this is and i think that at the end of the day, as long as the major championships and the Ryder Cup are protected, which right now that's not a like that uh, future doesn't look great. As long as those are protected, then I guess I'm okay with how it plays out from just like a golf fan or media person standpoint. I, I, for 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 good or bad, 
I, I think we will be able to see the writing on the wall one way or another in nine months. So by the start of, by, by the masters next year. What here's the, here, here, you want to hear? Yeah, go ahead. No, uh, yeah, go, go. Here are the scenarios. Um, the scenarios are live golf has no way to acquire OWGR points, and these golfers who are currently playing there no longer play in major championships. The golfers that um are willing and able to go to live golf have no reason to go after next year's masters outside of money that they don't have the same reason to go right now or to go after the tour championship, right? Like there's nothing that's and president's cup and president's cup. Like there's nothing that's going to be happening from January to April that makes going to, and then beyond that makes going to live more appealing. So we'll know who's going and who's not by the time we get to the masters, we will probably also have an idea of if these guys owe WGR points tanked and whether the majors have then been in, in theory protected or not protected. And like, we will be able to see, I, I think we'll be able to game this out and see the writing on the wall by the time we get to Augusta national. Okay. So tell me this, what if they get OWGR points? What if, then what if in, what if in January, the OWGR board comes out and says, listen, we've, told live they have to amend to 72 holes and they have to do whatever these six things mm-hmm. and then at the start of 2024 they're going to get owgr points what what happens then is that it well is then it, it then it, it matters it matters how much they're willing to spend like right it's not realistic and maybe it is but i don't believe it is realistic to give 72 different golfers 100 million dollars a piece and then also have all these outrageous per- like i don't I don't know if that's if that's realistic. So um, it, it'll just become a how much are they willing to spend and who's willing to take that money, and then they're going to set the roster. Like it's not. It, so you're just gonna, gonna. So you're just gonna have like sort of two. You'll have two leagues. tours. Yeah, you'll have two leagues and one. But I think play. I, I think the one I think the part of this that I'm. I don't know if concerned about is the right term, but just didn't really see coming maybe is like, we're going to like up to this point, it's only been two events, but we haven't really, like I got asked to give a pick for the second live event on HQ. And I was like, "Mm, I'm good. I'm not going to give a pick for this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like that. I mean, I'm good. Yeah. Like I I didn't say it like that. I was kind about it, but I, I just, I, it's it's very hard to take seriously because I think that a lot of the people in it don't are just like not serious people. I think DJ Pajowski said that, and I agree with it. But if 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 Charles Howe and I I, I I keep going back to Charles Howe, but if he's like a harbinger of what's to come, and like Hideki joins and Cam Smith and whoever, if those things happen, then all of a sudden it's it's actually and and Bryson's a little bit of this. Like, you sort of have to take it like as a serious thing, right? You can't just ignore it. And especially if they get OWGR points and all of a sudden it is a serious thing, you know? And I don't, that's going to be weird if you have two sort of, because there's always been a hierarchy, right? There's always been the PGA tour and then European tour and then corn Ferry and go on down the list, Asian probably. And then sunshine. And then I, I don't know. I don't know what the order is. Um, but but now you're going to have like two at the top. There's not going to be a clear hierarchy if they continue to get like if their trajectory and getting players continues as like what it is right now. And and I don't know how to handle that. Imagine if there were two NBAs and you had to cover both of them. That would be a very weird thing, right? <laughs> yes, that would be that would be bizarre. Yes, um, yeah. Which, which, which I think that that's, it's not an unlikely scenario, right? I think it'll, but I, I, I answer this real quick and then we'll move on to, we'll do like two minutes on Scott (laughs) Piercy and Sun JM. (laughs) Is there a, is there a world in which going in like January 1, 2024, so not 2023, 2024, Mm -hmm. the live golf invitational series tour, whatever they're calling themselves which mm-hmm. they, they need to fix their name. 
and everything. By the way, well, they're going to have to change it to the LXXII tour if they 72. get in 72 holes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> which is hilarious. Is there a scenario in which they are the best golf tour in the world going like starting January 1, 2024? Is there a scenario? Yes. Do I think it's very likely? No. Um, because how are you defining how would you define what the best golf tour is based on the strength of the players? Yeah, it gets it, this gets really hard, right? Because golf is one of the hardest sports to determine um subject like it's so objective. Am I saying that right? Yeah, it's so objective. It's not subjective. You can't just say, well, that guy's swing looks good, so he's good. Right. Right. It's about who has the lowest scores against the best players. And when you no longer have a world ranking system that <laughs> includes 25 of the previous 78 best players or whatever the number is, then it gets way harder to determine who the actual best players are. So it becomes indefinable, which is so problematic for the game in general, right? Like that, the old, the like, and, and I guess they had this before, like the OWGR was only invented in whatever, 1986. So I guess you had this before, but you were at least generally, I don't know, maybe it goes back to like the European tour and the PGA tour in the, in the eighties, right. Where they, they didn't have OWGR and they were sort of more equivalent tours than they are right now so maybe that's just how it is but i think the part that's weird is that live and the pga tour would be existing in the same continent it would be they would like they would play so much in north america that it would just be a very strange thing i i just believe the listen live has done a lot of things to really screw with the pga tour and they've done them right i think one of the things that they're really going to struggle with is that the guys that they have are going to they're generally towards the tail end of their career they're going to have to constantly be replacing guys and the only place they're going to be able to replace guys from are the pga tour which, or, or guys coming out of college but there's no but there's still going to be very little context to those guys but if you get owgr points then all of a sudden they get in i mean this is why like the most money that they should spend and the two guys that you've heard about a ton is cam smith and hideki because right. if you get cam smith you say well we've got the open champion and we've got the players champion and we've got hideki who's one of the biggest global stars in the game and then like We've talked about this a million times. So majors make stars, right? The Masters make stars. The U.S. Open makes stars. And so the regular season tours, whoever has the most of those stars and, and like, wins. Like, they're the ones that that are the most important tour. I mean, that's essentially, like, what the PGA Tour is versus the European Tour. And once you start accumulating more and more stars based on what they do at the majors – then more sponsors come in. You can get more TV money, all that stuff. And it just like, it just kind of builds on itself. But to me, and I completely agree, but that's like a decade plan, right? That's not a January 1st, 2023 plan. Unless you, unless you all of a sudden buy the, the four reigning major or whatever, like, you know, Um, there's a comment here from ugly hood rat. Let's bring it up. They will create their own name. Yes, and he wants to debate you, Kyle, by the way. They will create their own OWGR points. Simple. You guys are avoiding this argument because you know that destroys the PGA stance and power. Personally, I do not care about the PGA's uh, stance and power. Secondary, Kyle. (laughs) Nor nor do I. I could create my own OWGR points right now. The problem would be getting the Masters, uh, the USGA, the PGA of America, and the RNA to recognize those and allow me to play in events based on it. They can create anything they want. They can create a ranking system. 100%. I mean, Data Golf does this, right? Like, Data yeah, Golf has its, it, yeah. its own system based on uh, its more complicated than I'm not smart enough. I'm Taylor Gooch. I'm not smart enough to understand it, but it's based on like the sort of power ranking of guys that, and I think they're including, I I need to double check this. I think they're including live in it. They've got all the live stuff on there. And so data golf has what this, what you're talking about. But the point is that uh, the stewards of those four majors are 
their opinion is the only one that matters is which is essentially what you're saying right correct yeah so like i you can you can make like Greg Norman can buy data golf and it doesn't, or the Saudis can buy data golf. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They can buy Norman.com. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Greg Norman can hand his, his own OWGR rankings over to Augusta national and say, well, here's the, uh, here's our OWGR. And they say, uh, okay, like, what do you want me to do? With this, this? Here's our qualification this, system. It doesn't include that. This is why, like what's going to be, Oh, my wife's coming in. I wonder if she has any live takes. Does she have any bucket hat takes? Uh, she won't come in. Uh, oh, that's smart. She that's does have some bucket smart. hat takes. She it thinks it's just grotesque that I wear this <laughs> in public. But the so the, we've gotten one thing we've gotten wrong, Rick. We've gotten wrong the like we we've always talked about the the lawsuit as being players against the PGA tour, like Phil suing the PGA tour or Brooks suing the PGA tour for not letting them play that. That is like peanuts compared to the real lawsuit, which is going to be live against the OWGR. That, that is like the lawsuit. If it comes to that, that's going to, that's going to like rattle the foundation of this sport. Because if, if live can make a case against the OWGR sort of, I don't even know like what the right terminology is, but for lack of a better term, keeping them out of the party and they win that, then all of a sudden it is like, just, you know, it's, it's, it's a free for all. It's a feeding frenzy, right? Like that's, that's the one. And I didn't see that coming. I didn't, I didn't realize that early on. It just sort of has hit me over the last couple of weeks that that's the real lawsuit to pay attention to not TJ doesn't care about the PGA tour and he's not there to sue the PGA tour. And even if he does, it doesn't really matter compared to that lawsuit, uh, which if it comes to that is going to be monumental for the future of the game. Oh boy. All right. Well, that's a good cliffhanger to leave everybody on. Um, we do have to talk about the three M open. We're like, you know, 39 minutes over on what we were supposed to do for, for live golf. So here's what we'll do. We'll look at the three M open. They're out there playing right now. Uh, and we've got some decent scores or at least one in the afternoon. We'll get to that. We'll look at the live odds, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. Scott Piercy, Sung JM out in the morning in Blaine, Minnesota, six under 65 KP. Things are kicking up in the afternoon, so much more difficult. But Tony Finau out on the course right now, two shots off the lead, four under par through 15, trying to make a run at this thing. Yeah, I think Finau is interesting because he's second, in, uh, not second, he is fourth in this field in strokes gain TD Green. So he's been hitting it great. I, I talked to him after the open last week he finished t28 i think and he was in a great mood he's always in a great mood uh he's tony fino but he's been playing really good golf recently the open was not necessarily the result that he wanted but if you look at his results from uh colonial i think it was colonial canadian open he was right there he's really been playing better golf over the last few months it would not 
surprise me at all to see him at or near the lead after round one and then go on and and win this golf tournament or at least can contend to win it on Sunday. Sung JM, Tony Finau, the co-favorites over at Caesar Sportsbook. They're both plus 350 with everybody else, 14 to 1 or longer. Uh, those two were two of the, the pre-tournament favorites, so things are shaping up there. The other, the third guy, there was a big three at the 3M Open, Kyle. Uh, the other one was Hideki Matsuyama. Shot a did 70. He, did he WD? Uh, oh, yes, he did. He shot a 77 and said, ah, that wrist is acting up again. I'll catch you guys later. Yeah. I mean, uh, at least he didn't WD for fatigue like Robert Garrigus. That was tough. That's tough. What happened to him? Wasn't he going to live? He was the first one who got his waiver denied. <laughs> that seemed like the... Uh, you never want to be the first guy through the wall, right? That's well, just- that's that seemed like the uh, tour just floating a... a just a test balloon or whatever they're called uh, out there just to see where things were at with Robert Garrigus. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. Hideki was a, was a good get for uh, this golf tournament. And obviously there's a ton of rumors swirling around him. I, I think that, you know, he's, he's actually, he's been injured a lot this year, but he's actually had kind of a quietly good year. Uh, he made, Oh, what list did I see him on? He was on he might've made all four cuts at majors. I don't know if that was the right list, but he's been playing pretty good golf this year, despite uh, all the injuries surrounding him. Yeah. And if you go back to his last start of last year, he's got two wins. He won the Zozo. He won the Sony and he's played well, finished well at the U S open, but a lot of weird <laughs> stuff, a lot of weird stuff in between that. The Sony feels like it was like seven years ago. Uh, that this year. <laughs> Technically. Yeah. Yeah, he made the he made the cut at all four majors. So he finished T fourteen at the Masters, T sixty at the PGA, not good. Fourth at the U.S. Open. I don't really remember that. Uh, oh, he shot like sixty six on the last day or something, mm-hmm. and then T sixty eight at the Open Championship. So your your one and done selection, Marty Fish, did not crack eighty. But Listen, considering he's not a golfer, that's pretty. That's a pretty good eighty one. Crooked, the crooked first cut podcast, guys. I'm I'm trying to get home to my family, flying over the Atlantic. I actually I actually deserve that because I forgot to uh, I forgot to tell producer Jacob that I was out, so I deserved it. Honestly, you could like you know, yeah. We 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 tried to get you. Um, who did I want? I wanted to give you somebody else, but I can't remember uh, who it was. But we ended. Up I don't even. Party. I probably, I mean, I probably would have picked Paul Goidos or Duffy Waldorf. Duffy Waldorf's in this field. What are we doing? Where are we at in society? <sighs> yeah. The, the fact that, okay, I don't need to do this, but the fact that Michael Kim withdrew from a PGA Tour event to play a Corn Ferry event is the system's broken. Maybe, you maybe, should, Duff, you should never. maybe Duffy withdrew. He was briefly in the field. Uh, yeah, why did he withdraw to play in the Corn Ferry event? Because he needed Corn Ferry points? Because he can earn his PGA Tour card for next year with with Corn Ferry points. Didn't Michael Kim miss like 29 cuts in a row? After he won. He, he like missed like 17 of 18, won by like shattering the scoring record, and then missed like 30 cuts in a row. He's back to playing well though. Okay, so two quick things and we can end this. One, I've got the aggregate major scores of golfers who made the cut at all four. This, this, Hideki, is, de- this is depressing. Go ahead. So Hideki reminded me of this because he's one of only nine that did it. Two, uh, three, yeah, Let nine. Me, it's uh, Rory and Zalatoris are at the top, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'll start at the bottom. Hatton plus 19, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. Uh, Patrick Reed, I didn't, that's actually impressive from him because I didn't, he didn't really factor into any of them. He was plus 15. Joaquin Neiman plus 13, Hideki plus six, Rom plus four. Rom's major season was really weird. Like he was just not competitive at all. Mm. Uh, JT was minus three. Obviously, he won one. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick minus 16. Obviously, he won one. Zalatoris minus 21, and Rory minus 29. Minus 29. Rory gained 55, 54 strokes on the field in majors, which is the second most of a player not winning a major since 1995, according to Philip Allen, Ernie, Ernie, 
Ernie Els gained 60 in 2004 and didn't win a major. This game's sick. It's dis- it's it's I mean it, it's just it's maddening that you can you can have four amazing weeks and not win a major. And then you can have three horrible weeks and one out of I mean it's the Michael Kim thing, one like week that's out of this world and win a major. And and that person is more successful. That is has to be maddening to the to the to the guys like Rom and and Rory and JT who are just consistently really good every week. It's maddening to me, and I'm not even playing. So imagine how they feel. Um, I, can't, I can't remember what my second thing was. That's right. This 15 minute podcast is now 48 and a half minutes long. <laughs> so I think we've I think we've covered the vast majority of what we were looking to do. Uh, we'll do it again, round two, round three, round four uh, for this week's 3M Open. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Kyle Porter is available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.